Okay, so I had a topic that I thought was uh, relatively interesting that relates to, I guess it relates to everyone in some form or another. Um, maybe it re relates to some of us differently than others, but we're all in scenarios throughout our lives where we are listening to others um, share with us some of the experiences that they have in, in their lives. Sometimes their frustration, sometimes their annoyances, sometimes their anger, sometimes uh, various other kinds of uh, emotional experiences that relate to their comings and goings in life. And in a way, I think it's like helpful to think about what our job in that kind of situation. Like what, uh, what's our role in that kind of scenario? Or similarly, if we're sharing something with someone else um, who's listening to what we're sharing about our lives, like what's the role in, uh, in this conversation? So we're all familiar with the uh, concept that um, the Torah says, Lefnei Iver lo And we're taught that that relates to many different things, you know, trying not to hurt others, trying not to directly or indirectly cause uh, damage to others. And we know that one of the scenarios that's often related to is a situation where someone is um, looking to us for advice or we're sharing our opinion, which uh, is taken as advice towards someone else. And we're taught, uh, let me just read the words of the Sefer HaChinuch in Mitzvah Reish Lamed Beis. He says, It's a good thing not to give other people bad advice. Rather, we can only do our best, but to the best of our capacity, we should try to give uh, the other person the best uh, kind of advice. So I guess it sounds like the idea is we should uh, use, you know, the advice that we have in order to help other people and not to hurt them. So one of the uh, scenarios that's uh, discussed is sometimes we have our own personal interests that are involved, where we may uh, be giving someone advice in a way where he thinks that we're giving him the best advice for him, where it's really the best advice for us. You know, we gain in some form or another from this, you know, whether it's the fact that we have some sort of practical gain from it, or whether it's just the fact that when we give some types of advice, we look very smart, very caring, very loving, very understanding. Or maybe we give advice that, you know, could get the other person off our back. You know, we try to end the conversation as smoothly as possible. Or we create the boundaries, you know, with our advice as much as possible. There are all kinds of ways that that, that advice could be um, really more beneficial for us than it is for the other person. So that's one kind of scenario that's really described by Chazal. And I think we're all familiar with that one, but what had struck me, which I think is also pretty simple, but um, I thought that it was very um, informative, at least for myself, was that really advice um, or our opinion that we share with others, which can affect and shape their decisions, their thoughts, their feelings, 
really is very much based on what our own personal idea is as far as you know, what's really good in general and what we think is really good for a person, right? If I think it's a very good idea for someone to um, get along with his parents, with his siblings, with his wife, with his kids, and I think that that's ultimately really beneficial for them both um, in this world and next world, in their ruchnias, in their gashmias, then probably I'm going to be looking to give advice that helps the person develop the right kind of mindset, focus on the right kind of matters, to uh, process the experiences in his life in a way that's going to lead him to being more likely to have constructive, productive relationships with the people who are close to him. If I think that really it's not so important for him to get along with his wife, with his kids, with his parents, with his in-laws, with his friends, with his business partners, with his employers, employees, or neighbors, Rebbeim, or whoever else that it is, if I feel like that's not such an important thing, then the advice that I'm going to give is going to be um, um, leaning in that kind of direction. Now, a lot of times we know really objectively what's really better for the person, but it doesn't necessarily compute, you know, when it comes to uh, the way that we're giving, you know, advice to someone. And I think one of the reasons, so first of all, I think that itself is something, I think it's basic, it's important, it's obvious, but to me, it was something just to focus on, like recognizing not only do I not want to give, share my opinion, you know, share, giving advice is not only in the context of Hey, friends, what do you think about this matter? Hey, Rabbi, hey, Pence. It can also be, you know, our sharing our opinion at a Shabbos table with others, where we're describing to someone, you know, our opinion about all kinds of different matters, which is affecting and shaping someone else's perspective on life to whatever degree. I think all liberals should be burnt at the stake tomorrow night. I think all conservatives are a bunch of morons. You know, that's, you know, whatever the opinion is that we're sharing, I think all this kind of people are horrible human beings. I think all of those kinds of people are, you know, less than productive uh, human beings. You know, so whatever opinions that we're sharing is probably in the same kind of context that the ideas that we share with others in the context of direct advice or in general in life, which helps to shape and affect someone else's perspectives on life, really to try to recognize that, A, we have to make sure that thoughts that we have are really true, productive, and helpful um, in general, and that they're true, helpful, and productive in, you know, in the way that we're sharing it and to the, for the people that we're sharing our thoughts with. And in a way, that's something that's probably so relevant in many more ways than I had thought and appreciated before I started thinking about this, how so much of our responsibility, I don't know if it's the exact application of the mitzvah or it's the same kind of concept as the mitzvah, that if we really want to help people and we know that our words, our opinions, and our thoughts really affect other people's lives in the way that they think, feel, or approach life, so the recognition that we really want our thoughts to end up making this other person's life more beneficial and more appropriate, more productive, more happy. And in a way, it's a great responsibility, you know, to think before we speak 
and to think again before we speak and to really try to have a recognition of how are my thoughts going to land, you know, in the other person's ears and in the other person's mind and heart. And are the thoughts that I'm sharing and the way that I'm sharing them really going to end up helping the other person have a more appropriate and beneficial and productive uh, experience in life? So I guess that was one, just one basic aura that I wanted to share. I think it's, it sounds like pretty obvious, but I don't think I ever really appreciated it in that context. And I thought it was something that I wanted to um, share that perspective. Um, one of the triggers that got me thinking about this is I was thinking about Arana Cohen, you know, the famous story where Arana Cohen um, is Oev Shalom and Rodev Shalom. He loves peace. And he really wants and feels like the best thing in the world is when someone gets along with her husband, when someone gets along with his wife, when someone gets along with his parents and his friends and his coworkers. And he really recognized it's such a great thing when that can work out. It's not always easy and it's not always, um, you know, such a, it's not always up to one person, but certainly the more that a person could generally get along with the people who are important um, figures in their life, it certainly can enrich their life in a very, very meaningful kind of way, both spiritually and um, in many other ways. And he really recognized that and he was motivated such that I want to bring peace, harmony, and uh, productivity to other people around me. And based on that, that's so much affected how he gave advice, not only how he responded in the context of, hey, Aaron, what do you think about uh, my specific situation? But he was proactively seeking to try to bring peace and to try to share thoughts and perspectives with others that would make their lives more rich with peace and harmony and productive relationships. And it got me thinking, let's say I'm someone who's in a position where I'm sharing my thoughts and opinions with others, either in the context of a rabbi, a therapist, friend, a parent. Am I really, let's say my thoughts are, I don't appreciate the benefits of peace so much. How's that going to impact on the kind of advice that I'm going to share with others, the kind of perspective that I'm going to share with others? Let's say it's more of a priority in my mind, you know, for me to be right about things. Or let's say it's more of a priority in my mind for the other person that I'm speaking to, to feel like he's right and he's good and he's better than others and he's smarter than others and that the people in his life are really bad and horrible and foolish people. And it's important for him to know that and to feel that way. And probably it's going to impact the kind of interactions that, that he's going to have. You know, when at the dinner table, one of his kids brings up, yeah, my teacher's a jerk. Like, yes, he's a jerk. You know, that might be one kind of, uh, you know, reaction. Um, when we recognize that the more that he gets along with his teacher, it's probably more beneficial for him, then probably it's going to sound a little different, that interaction. So that was one thing that really stood out, struck me, you know, when thinking about Arna Cohen, how the fact that he was Oev Shalom and Rodev Shalom, and he recognized this is such a beneficial thing for people to have in their 
if, is to have peace and harmony and the ability to really get along with others. You know, that was something that was such an important, you know, message and, you know, that he had in his mind and he really, really wanted to share that um, experience with other people. And that so much influenced the kind of interactions that he had with other people. Um, okay, so that was one perspective. If anyone with any thoughts, feel free to share. Chaim, what do you say? First of all, thanks for joining us. We miss you here out in Las Vegas. Well, thank you for hosting me so graciously. It was very enjoyable. Um, I mean, I think I think I, I like what you're saying is definitely um, I definitely hear what you're saying. I think, um, but isn't it isn't it such a I guess so much of like a almost a given that anybody who's really saying anything ever is coming mm -hmm. from his experiences and associations with the different concepts he's talking about. Because what else can you, what else are you, what are you coming from? Meaning that's all you have in your life is your experiences, what you've read, what you've seen, you know? So mm -hmm. since I, so I definitely don't think I agree with you if I can <laughs> um, with that, Thank that's you. kind of where it's coming from. But so maybe it just be, make the most sense that anytime anyone asks you for advice, just, you know, kind of clarify that in the beginning because not everyone might, you know, understand that right away. So clarify that in the beginning and say like, I'd love to, you know, share what I have from my experiences and my associations and, you know, see what you think. But, you mm -hmm. know, if maybe if that's clarified in the beginning, then it's okay to, to, to give whatever advice you want. Is that, it's kind of like a, a pass. I don't know, maybe. Right. I do think that that's helpful, but I think the thing that hit me also was the fact that, you know, the more that I have in my mind about, like, maybe, maybe let, let me present the, the second thing that I had in my mind really clarifies a little bit of what the other side of the coin is. Um, I think one side of the coin is really just a lack of focus sometimes. Really, if I'm thinking proactively, what's really going to be the best? Thing in the world for this other person? What is really uh, going to be the most beneficial thing for this person to be hearing from me? Is it going to be that which I thought was an interesting thing that happened in shul and share that with this person? Is that really going to make their life richer in a more productive manner? Or is that, you know, sometimes, you know, going to get under that person's skin? You know, or is it going to really reinforce, yeah, those potential, they're a bunch of, uh, you know, horrible human beings. You know, just that recognition, how is this going to impact on the person's life? Is it going to impact on the person's life in a way that really is better for them? So just that focus, I guess, on perspective. So it's true, we can only share our experiences, but a lot of what we focus on really makes such a big difference in how we can be helpful to someone. And if our focus is really that which I'm going to share with the person, is that really, really them? Or is this just a cute, interesting story? Is it a story that makes me look good? Is it a story that makes someone else look bad? Is it a story that really will help to shape this person's perspective in a positive manner? We can only bring from our own experiences, but within our own experiences, the more we're focused on that which I'm sharing with others, is that really going to help their life? Is that going to enrich them? Or certainly not to certainly to try to stay away forgetting even the isr lashanara which is su super important but you know just what impact is this going to have on other people's lives so i know for myself you know looking back on many conversations i've had you know just 
at you know the Shabbos table or um, talking to uh, you know my friends in shul or you know just throughout daily conversations and thinking back about a lot of topics that were discussed and to try to think about in a way you know a lot of them besides you know forgetting us or mutter you know the impact that it may have had on other people's lives or the conversations that I've been exposed to and to try to see were these conversations really helpful for me and the way that I shape my own thoughts. And I think in a way, the more that we think about the concept of how the thoughts and perspectives that we share with others really have a big impact on how other people see the world and see their own lives. And you know, part of the mitzvah, the direct mitzvah is to use our words in order to help other people shape their thoughts, feelings, behaviors, decisions in life in a productive manner and otherwise, you know, certain things are directly within the Isser of Lufna'iver, and certain things maybe are less directly covered by that concept. But the fact that the concept of Lufna'iver is try to make sure that our words enrich other people's lives and help them make the right decisions in life, help them have the right kinds of thoughts and feelings in their life. It just sounds like such a great perspective to try to have and such a great um, mindset for the next, um, whether it's minute, uh, hour, day, week, month, or year, I'm going to try to focus on having the uh, perspectives that I share with others being perspectives that really enrich other people's um, lives. Sounds like an amazing project. So I take it on for a minute, you take it on for a week, and we'll all be good. So that's uh, one perspective. I think a similar kind of thing that comes up is when we think about the concept of, you know, we want to empathize with others, other people are who, and we want others to empathize with us. You know, we all go through life's complicated and there are all kinds of different things that we share with others and others share with us. And I know that generally we share something with someone else. You know, my workers, I happen to have the best coworkers in the world. So this is just uh, not a direct example. But uh, my coworkers, they are really not nice people. They're horrible. Don't you agree? Oh, no, I just got a, it says my internet connection is unstable. I can't really control that. But we're hearing you. It's okay. Uh-oh. Okay, not anymore. This is a test of patience. Okay, I think I lost you guys for a minute. I'm really sorry about that. We're here. We're Can you here. hear me now? We're here. Keep going. The, the, the last we heard was about okay. empathizing with one another. Right. No. Oh, no. It looks like it says it's unstable again. Okay. Can you hear me now? We're here now. The last thing we heard was Shoot. about empathizing with one Okay. Let me see if I move. And whether or not it makes any difference. Um, all right.
Yeah. Okay. Can you guys hear me now? I'm, I'm sorry about that. Hopefully I moved to a different place in the house and hopefully uh, the internet will be better here. Rabbi, can you hear me? Yes. The last thing we heard was about empathizing with one another. Um, Rabbi? Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Okay, um, I'm really sorry. Just keep going. Go ahead. We're... Okay, I apologize for this. Uh, looks like I'm having internet trouble, but okay. So let me share what uh, the second dehar that I had was. In a general, like when we want to empathize. Or if someone, if we're looking for, from someone, what we're looking for is for someone to tell us, yes, you're right. If you had a hard time with someone else, it's really their fault and it's their problem. And Um, I had a thought um, relevant to what Rabbi Goldman was saying before. Anybody hear me? I hear you. Okay, great to hear. Anybody still here? Anybody still with us? Okay. Yes, we're still here, Rabbi. We're still here. Oh, okay. Goldman is back, we hope. <laughs> okay, I really apologize. It's, uh, I don't know what happened. Um, okay, if first of all, I apologize. I feel bad that it's going in and out, but uh, there's nothing I can do about it. Rabbi, I think you might have to take over because it looks like it's going. Um, all right, let's try. So I guess I had a general question. How do you balance empathy with um, looking and pursuing peace? Now, it shouldn't be a stira. It shouldn't be, a, a, uh, it shouldn't be mutually exclusive. But I think in peace a certain for, way, it takes a certain perspective. Um, I think peace for, let's say you talk about a relationship, right? So let's say I'm a friend and my friend is sharing with me, I'm having a really hard time with an important relationship of mine. My dad, my spouse, my friends, my sibling. And, you know, I went through a hard time. This person uh, wasn't so nice to me recently. You know, and, you know, if, 
I was going to say, unfortunately, but that's really, I guess, part of life. You know, Hashem puts us in a world where there's so many different challenges in our relationships. And if we're sharing our challenges with a friend of ours or someone's sharing them with us, in a way, you know, one, one thing that we're often looking for is for the other person to really, you know, validate, yes, the other person was not nice to you. They're, they're wrong, you're right, you're good, they're bad. And you're my friend, and my friend is always the one who's right. You know, which in a way is one form of validating. Yes, your parents were horrible to you. Yes, your um, spouse is horrible to you. Yes, your employer's a horrible human being. Yes, your government is horrible. And you're good, everyone else is bad. You know, which is, Rabbi, you... Uh, um, so that's, I guess, one aspect of empathy in a way that looks like ultimately the most ideal form of empathy. I really, really respect you and you're always fully right. And the other person, you know, is fully wrong and all of your feelings are understandable. All of your feelings are appropriate. All of your feelings are the kind of feelings that the best people in the world would have. Anyone who is in your shoes certainly should be feeling the feelings that you have. And you're very righteous for only feeling as upset as you're feeling. You know, that's what... I'd be often looking for, if I'm sharing something, you know, about my uh, difficulties in my relationships, I'm looking for some, for my buddy to tell me, yes, of course you're right. Of course your employer, your friends, your employees, your coworkers, your clients, you know, are all the ones who are totally wrong. I can't believe your client did that to you. Like if my client did that to me, I would have ripped his neck off. I'm surprised that you didn't do that. You must be very righteous. I'm being a little bit extreme, but I think that's really generally, you know, what empathy often looks like. You know, the opposite of empathy is, no, come on, it's not a big deal. Um, you're just making a big deal out of it. You know, you should have done this. And if you did this, you know, you would have been able to solve the problem. And let me give you a good suggestion. So we often look at, you know, the two options as you know, validating the feelings and the perspectives and you are right, your feelings are appropriate and the other person's wrong. They're the ones who are the problem. Or we can look at the other option is that, no, you're wrong. You shouldn't be feeling the way you're feeling. If you're feeling and thinking the way that you're thinking, it's because you got it all wrong. And let me give you the solution that you should have had yesterday. You know, those are sometimes two ways that we look at it. But in a way, they're both obviously not really so helpful for a person in life. Because in a way, you know, discounting someone's feelings and criticizing them about having those feelings and telling them the solution that they should have tomorrow or the solution they should have had yesterday, obviously none of that is helpful, right? And we're often uh, taught and encouraged, you know, don't give, uh, don't criticize when someone's complaining. Don't um, give people the solutions that they should have tomorrow or the ones they should have had yesterday when they're going through a hard time. Rather, we should empathize, validate, um, understand, have compassion for their feelings, recognize, help them recognize that they're right for feeling the way that they're feeling. And sometimes that seems to be what feels good. It feels like the right thing to do. And in a way, it's based on a true perspective where we want to be caring. We want to be respecting for others, especially when they're going through a hard time. We want to make sure that people don't feel, you know, sh 
shameful about the feelings that they have. We want to make sure that they feel encouraged, inspired, and um, feel good about themselves, especially when they're going through a hard time. And as a friend, as a parent, as a mentor, as just whoever's on the other end, you know, listening, you know, that's certainly something that we want to do. But what was interesting is that Arna Cohen, like just thinking about from his perspective, you know, when he bumped into this person, what was going on in this person's mind? What's going on in this person's mind is, you know, my husband's a jerk. He's an idiot. I can't believe he did what he did to me. Can you imagine our own, you know what he did? You know what he said about me? You know what he said to me? You know, he was late again for the 20th time this week. And he really, really doesn't care about my feelings. So, you know, one perspective is, yes, you're right. He's terrible. He's horrible. He's uh, like the worst husband I've ever heard about. You know, that's one form of like empathy, which in a way has accomplished the goal of, yes, your feelings are real and they're important. And there's no reason why, you know, you shouldn't respect yourself. But at the end of the day, that's not going to lead to any form of shalom. You know, that's often going to lead to a person really having a mindset that this is not the kind of husband I want to really be um, looking to get to love and appreciate more again. You know, that's the kind of husband who's really, look, Aaron Coyne agreed with me that my husband was the kind of person that was horrible to me. Aaron Coyne agreed to me that he also wouldn't be able to handle this relationship. You know, that would be one form of empathy. And if what we um, valued in life wasn't Oiv Shalom, Brodev Shalom, if what we valued was, you know, just making sure that someone feels um, a certain degree of compassion at the time. That certainly is a good thing, but compassion in the short term um, doesn't necessarily lead on its own to uh, productive relationships in the long term. And it's not really necessarily a gift, you know, that we're giving someone if that's where our response, you know, ends. But on the other hand, what, what, what's the other option? If the other option is saying, no, your husband's a great guy. I can't believe you're upset at him. Like, it's your fault that you're upset at him. You shouldn't be upset. Like, if you knew how great your husband was, you know, then you would never have been upset at him. If that's the other option, you know, that's also not going to work. Because she's just going to be like, oh, man, Aaron Cohen also thinks that I'm a horrible human being. Either that or Aaron doesn't understand me at all. He has no clue. He has no idea what I'm going through or why I'm going through it. So the question is, how do they work together? Where really, on one hand, we want the compassion when we're sharing our hard times with others. We want and need to know that the people in our lives respect us and they recognize that our feelings are real and our feelings are understandable. Yet at the same time, the other person we have a relationship with, their feelings are also understandable. Their perspectives and their actions are also understandable. And really we have two really good people who really can and do love each other in many ways who are part of a relationship where it's understandable that there's challenge, there are challenges. It's understandable that there's conflict. It's understandable that at times people want to you know, really have a lot of anger directed toward those people who they love. So in a way, when we think about it, there's 
uh, Hiskuni that I think really, really helps to identify so much with what, with how to really make these two matters work together. Where the Hiskuni, he talks about, you know, when we have a feeling of wanting to take revenge, you know, which is really the kind of scenario Aaron Cohen was facing, where someone was really upset at their wife, at their husband, at their parents, at their children, at their friends. And they really were really upset. I don't want to have a relationship with that person. I can't even talk to them. And the Chizkuni says, remember that you love them. He says, Take the love that you have for the person and let it be more compelling than the negative feelings you have toward him. So he says this by the Pasuk of Haftalorecha and he says that that's right near the Pasuk of Losikam Velositar. And he highlights that often when we're going through a hard time with the people who we love, we're not going through a hard time because there is no love here. We're not going through a hard time because it's impossible to have a good relationship with the person. Rather, in the context of a normal, healthy human relationship, there's often a, a lot of conflict and there's often a lot of challenges. And the more we step into each other's shoes and see the world from each other's perspectives, we can recognize, I know that he really cares about me, but I know that you know, what I did to him and the situation he was going through was really hard for him. And that's why he reacted the way that he did. But you know what, if we are able to really connect on an emotional level and to bring back those feelings and that bigger perspective of our relationship and understand the world from each other's perspectives, we could really get back to a place where it makes sense that we had a really hard time with each other. It makes sense that these triggers are really triggers that are really very difficult for us to deal with. So in a way, the fact that our feelings are understandable doesn't mean the other person is a jerk. Rather, it's the opposite. Our feelings are understandable that it's not a random, not good person who hurt us. It's someone who really we expect to have loved us who hurt us. But it's not because my feelings are foolish and it's not because he's a bad person. Rather, it's because within the context of who we are in this relationship, these types of triggers understandably will cause certain reactions. And what Aaron did was he was able to give people the hope and the perspectives that, hey guys, if you look at it from the right perspective, you'll find the love, you'll rekindle the love. You'll understand that your feelings are real and your problems are real and they're not going away tomorrow. But at the same time, the next time you bump into that person, when you recognize that really you do love him and he really does love you. And you recognize that we're just going through a hard time. Life's challenging. Our feelings are, you know, real and they're powerful. And sometimes, you know, we might feel very far from, you know, the kind of feeling of love that we want to feel. But when we see and understand the relationship and the dynamics within the relationship, even though our feelings are very real and very powerful for each other, but our problems are also very real. Now, every relationship is somewhat different. And sometimes there's, you know, 10 points of love and 10 points of uh, negativity. And sometimes there's three points of love and 20 points of negativity. And how it applies to every situation is different. And the goals of every relationship and the practical benefits of every relationship are going to be different. But in a way, 
if we help someone else or if someone helps us see that wherever the relationship is right now, if it's a one, it could be a four sometimes. And if it's a four, it could be a seven. And if it's a seven, it could be a 10. You know, as opposed to validating in the context of saying, yeah, it looks like it's a seven, it's really a two. You know, and there's no hope in this relationship because he is a horrible person. You know, where sometimes our vision in the short term looks like compassion leads to really validating the fact that the other person is hopeless. And sometimes it looks like the validation should be coming in the context of, yeah, this relationship was hopeless from the start and there's no hope and that's why you feel the way that you feel. And sometimes that might be true, but so many times what Aaron was able to see from his perspective, he loved Shalom and he saw how beneficial Shalom was for people. And he was able to see within every relationship, you know, what the max was of this relationship. If right now it looks like the best case scenario is a two, he was able to see this two could end up being an eight. And he was able to see this four could really be a nine, you know, as opposed to validating, yeah, this four is that's the max of where it's ever be. You know, you shouldn't expect anymore. Your feelings, your attitudes, your behaviors, that's all you could, you could expect from yourself or from the other person. In that kind of context, our message is gonna be, you know, crippling to the, to the relationship. It's gonna look like validation and love and compassion, but compared to the contrast of, you know, the hope, the inspiration, the true validation of the understandable feelings that a person has, yet at the same time, showing them like where the top of the mountain is and showing them how to get there. You know, it's true right now, you're not there. You're not, you're not even close to the top of the mountain but you could be on the right path if you take this turn over. And then when you reach the next turn, you know, take the next turn. And then if you keep going and work really hard, you'll get to the top. You know, that sounded like Arna Cohen's type of validation. It makes sense. This is a big mountain to climb. So the validation wasn't, yeah, you're at the peak and you've gotten there. And this relationship is hopeless to be any better. Rather his vision and his understanding was when you take the right steps and really work within who you are and, with, and within who the person is, you can find ways to build the bridges together. You can That's find possible. ways to overcome some of the challenges. If, if, they're, if they're not looking for that, is it still possible to give that message? If all they're asking for or all they want is that their hurt feelings should be validated, is there a place for this broader message? Uh, so that's a good question. I guess when you ask yourself, you know, was Arna Coins the people he was dealing with, who at, at the time where it seems like he was dealing with them, they had a hard time even looking at each other. You know, he had to uh, share the message. Actually, I don't know if that's so clear, but my guess is that it does help. You know, where so many times that Hiskuni's message of right now, you feel sinna for the person. But that doesn't mean that you can't find the love as well. But exactly what the strategy is, whether it's in the first you know, five minutes of the conversation, or maybe it's on the fifth conversation that you have with the person. You know, it could be, it sounds like what Rabbi Shmiman is saying is maybe our you know, strategy has to be you know, over time you know, to bring up the other part of the picture. And maybe it shouldn't be necessarily in the first conversation really sharing the hope. Maybe sometimes the first conversation has to be 
you know, much more just listening. And maybe the second conversation, and I don't know if anyone has the exact perfect formula, but even within that first conversation, just making sure we're not crippling the conversation. We're not, I mean, we're not crippling the relationship. You know, sometimes even if we're not going to present the hope, because maybe someone's not ready to hear that, but sometimes we present the exact opposite that, yeah, this is hopeless, forget it. You know, and it's such a different mindset of, yes, I understand what you're saying and what you're explaining to me sounds like a very difficult situation. But at the same time, that's very different than saying, yes, I've never heard of such a horrible human being that you're just, such as the one you're describing to me. You know, sometimes what, we're, what we do is we'll validate in the context of really presenting the scenario as being more hopeless than it really is. So exactly what the strategy is, I'm sure, you know, none of us have a perfect understanding what the strategy is, but I think it's just a certain perspective on, you know, the more that we really value, you know, love and peace, you know, among, you know, friendships and among families, you know, that's really only, only really one perspective on it, but it could I mean, be true so for when it comes to religious challenges. That, yeah. Just a warning to people who go for therapy to beware of the potential of being harmed in that process by a therapist who doesn't have your understanding. <laughs> um, that would be one application of this is, uh, you know, sometimes in therapy, it's considered to be immoral and in inappropriate, you know, for a therapist to have an agenda of bringing peace to uh, within a family, you know, and it could be that that's, whatever the standards are in um, circles, but that's certainly something that, um, if I was a therapist, I wouldn't want to be doing that. I would want to bring uh, you know, a vision of, of happiness and hope, you know, at least to whatever extent that there is there. You know, if a relationship is really not so, it is really relatively you know, over. You know, there's a time for that as well, I'm sure. But, you know, what Aaron was able to show them was the top of the mountain that's really doable for them. And if that's really what we value and cherish, certainly, you know, we should be speaking to rabbis, advisors, and therapists, you know, who share the vision of what's really helpful for us from a um, Torah perspective. So I guess, you know, it's true for therapists, but it's really true for a Shabbos table. You know, every time that we have a conversation with people, and people are expressing, you know, their thoughts and feelings about, you know, whatever experiences they're going through in life. A lot of times, short-term validation has a certain appeal to it. But if short-term validation is not coming with a mindset of what's really best for the person, then a lot of times we're going to end up taking, you know, what's arev l'shaito, what seems to be very good at the short term but it's really much less productive overall for a person's best interests. So I guess really just keeping that in mind as much as possible, the recognition that so many of our thoughts that we share with others, you know, whether we're, you know, a rabbi, a therapist, a mentor, a parent, just a good friend, so many of the thoughts that we share with others, really they resonate within other people's minds and having a good, um, 
reminder to ourselves that we really want to make sure that the messages that we're sharing with others are really the messages that are beneficial for them, not just the messages that seem to be good, you know, in this current conversation. You know, the one certainly like the, you know, Chazal wants to balance that are really self-serving for the person giving the advice. But even when it's not self-serving for the person giving the advice, even when it's really, you know, just a matter of am I sharing with them the perspectives that are really beneficial for them in life? So uh, um, I think whatever situation that we're in in life, you know, the, that which we share with others really resonates and it's a big responsibility. And I guess it's also a great opportunity that the more we really stopping about what we're sharing and how it's going to be um, impactful on the people around us, then the more likely that that which we do share with others is gonna end up being the kinds of messages and perspectives that are really going to be uh, beneficial you know, for those around us. So it was just, uh, you know, reading through this Chazal, it just struck me as something that I personally never really focused on this context of appreciating the importance of looking carefully at what's really the best message for the long-term benefits of those around me. And even especially casual conversations and maybe especially in a context of empathy where the short-term compassion sometimes seems more um, compassionate, you know, when it's really, you know, validating the feelings. You're perfect. Everything's great with you. And it's always the other guy's fault. But in the yeah, long term, you know, those messages really cripple a person. Yeah, please. Just as the way you're trying to be able to do this, when a person is, you know, seemingly validly very hurt by some life experience that maybe a way that we could sort of respect it while at the same time helping them without having to sort of jump on the bandwagon and putting somebody else down is to ask them if they know why it's so hurtful to them can do they, do they know about themselves why this was so powerful sort of like to turn to try to help them turn the focus not to themselves in a critical way but in a self-exploring way like why taka was this like so powerful to me what 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 can i learn from it it's about myself that thereby i'm not just like looking to sort of protect myself and put the other person down but try to see like why was it that this hurt me so much where somebody else might not have been or other other times it wasn't so so painful and through that maybe to have a more productive experience if the person of course is ready for that even maybe that could even be used as like a bridge between you what you and Rabbi Goldman are saying because maybe if you if you explore that with them let's say the self-introspection of why it was so powerful I think that a good amount of time what you come up with is that that person means something to them or has some sort of, or they're vulnerable in some sense to that person. Mm -hmm. um, and I was, you know, assuming that that started from a good thing that the person allowed themselves to be vulnerable. So maybe then it can go back to what Goldman was saying about focusing on the positivity. You know, now that you have uncovered that by starting with what Rabbi Shimon was saying about how introspecting, now that you've uncovered that through introspection, you've uncovered that there was like a, 
a positive association and there was a a lot of good in this you know it's kind of like a bridge at least that's what i'm seeing here i don't know i hear that right sounds true um so i don't know i mean there are probably a lot of things that are, are relevant to this uh, kind of topic i just thought like bringing up the topic you know could be something that would get us to really um be a little more focused you know within the messages that we share with others to try to make sure that they're um the one the types of messages that are really in the long term most beneficial with others. So um, again, I apologize for the internet challenges today, but um, it was not something that I was able to control. And um, I actually have to run. Thank you for everyone for joining us and for uh, your patience. But uh, everyone should have a really good week. Thank you very much. Feel free to continue.